Hello and a warm welcome as always to the Wedding Spain Show. It's Paul Burge here speaking to you. Well, at the time of recording this, it's a Sunday lunchtime and I've just stepped out of the uh, of my apartment into, well, one of the probably one of the most uh, common or classic things to do in Madrid on a Sunday. El Rastro. Yeah, the, the Rastro Market. Huge, huge outdoor flea market between La Latina and Lava Pies neighbourhoods, alongside Embajadores neighbourhood. And the Sunday flea market, every week it happens, uh, starts at, at about 9am and uh, continues until about three o'clock in the afternoon when the stalls gradually start closing down and everyone uh, disappears for their lunch. I guess it's a really uh, quite a touristy thing to do uh, if you're visiting Madrid and you're here on a Sunday. Um, but it's also a place where um, locals also come uh, regularly. I wouldn't say it's a completely touristy, been taken over by tourist tat. Um, you can find everything here. I'll talk about the things that are on offer in a second. It's a real everyday flea market plenty of uh, madrileños come to the market every maybe not every sunday but fairly regularly to pick up a bargain we're in the run-up to christmas but it's huge it's uh, an amazing sight really because you have one main street called the uh, ribera de curtidores and uh, this street runs down from la latina metro down the hill towards the Ronda de Toledo and the Puerta de Toledo Metro. And um, that's really the main drag. But then all of the streets, you have a tiny residential side streets adjacent to the, uh, the main street, absolutely full of uh, stalls as well. So really the flea market takes up several, several streets. And according to my research, there are something like 3,000 500 different stalls so there really is something here for almost uh, everybody really so let's have a look at what's on offer what can you expect to see well i will say that if you are uh, visiting madrid um, and you are here on a sunday do 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 try and uh, get up early and get down here and uh, spend a couple of hours walking around there's so much to see and there's um highly highly likely you'll find something to take away with you uh, back home as a souvenir obviously if you live in madrid this is something you will undoubtedly visit several times i would imagine uh, during your time here um, i'm at the moment just walking along a street called calle carnero and this street is quite famous really for antique shops as i think i've mentioned before it's lined with antique shops so not only are there stalls set up uh, metal frames with tables, trestle tables covered in cloths there with all the merchandise on top. Around this neighbourhood there are also dozens and dozens of antique and bric-a-brac shops, second-hand bookshops, and they also on a Sunday empty all of their, well not all, but <laughs> empty a lot of the contents of their shops uh, onto the street. So when I was doing a bit of research for this uh, podcast, I stumbled across an article uh, from the New York Times, in fact, talking about the Rastro market, describing the vendors as a heterogeneous lot. 
but those in antique shops, talking about the owners, are likely to be world-weary and half-blinded by their own cigarette smoke. Sage and canny, they assess the quality of the potential client even before the latter has evaluated the merchandise. The proprietors of street merchandise, on the other hand, are mostly young, rakish, and almost always of good humour. That just made me laugh, a description of some of the uh, antique uh, shop owners. Yeah, they can be a little bit surly sometimes. I'll just give you an example of the kind of things I can see at the moment. Just outside uh, a little bric-a-brac shop and outside on the pavement we've got a a cardboard box full of naked plastic dolls (laughs) in front of that you've got a wicker basket full of quite old-fashioned style hair brushes or cepillos one euro each uh, or two euros for three bargain we've got some old comics you've got a a metal dish full of old cutlery old sort of rusty knives and forks key rings uh, there's a box full of uh, uh, light switches for homes randomly there's a plastic box full of shoe insoles completely random mix of stuff and then as i walk along we've got trays full of copper uh, cups old lamp fittings there's an old uh, wooden clock further along we've got another box of books And on the corner where I'm now standing next to this uh, antique shop, we've got old antique pictures, framed prints hanging on the wall. If I look across the other side of the road, looking down the hill, uh, the name of the street is uh, Calle de Carlos Arniches. Down here, we've got clothes hanging up on the wall. We've got uh, tights and stockings suspended on plastic legs, (laughs) which is quite amusing to see got some christmas decorations i can see some tinsel boxes and boxes of old dvds and old um, vhs video cassettes so yeah it's about uh, 20 past two in the afternoon and um really really the market starts winding down as i said about three o'clock um although today it's still bustling as you can uh, probably hear and there's a rack full of i think they are fake fur coats, leather jackets of all different colours and sizes or second-hand clothing. Just opposite the uh, leather jacket stall is a little wooden, like a sort of little wooden shed which has been set up on the street. And inside the little shed are giant key, key rings which are absolutely laden with really heavy old-fashioned style keys uh, the kind of keys that i don't know would date back to 100 years ago or more but the keys are not cut all of them are, are sort of blank so i assume that this is a key cutting a key cutting uh, stall but for very old style keys and many um, old apartments uh, in madrid still have very old-fashioned style locks um, which probably date back to when the buildings were built. So I'm assuming this, this guy here, there were two guys unhooking keys, are cutting keys for these very old locks. Next all along is selling doormats. <laughs> Nothing more than doormats. Uh, all different colours. It's got some brown wicker doormats which say Estasaki written on them. You are here. What else have we got? Shoes, shoe stores shoes and slippers non-prescription glasses 
Uh, this is a really interesting stall here. Uh, it's a stall selling second-hand old cameras, probably 50 or 60 years old. Some of them are more modern. And it's also got a huge range of camera lenses all laid out in boxes. As we walk along, we'll brick a Brackham and just now on a street called Mira el Rio Alta, right in the thick of the sort of El Rastro market. And sometimes this neighbourhood is referred to as El Rastro. Um, I don't think it's, it's not really an official neighbourhood name, but because this was where the El Rastro market takes place, uh, people often refer to these streets in this area uh, just as El Rastro neighbourhood. Here, the street is quite narrow, packed with people. And there, was, there are absolutely tons and tons of bric-a-brac just piled out onto the street. Some of it's broken, there's broken glass, there's an old chandelier, there's an old electric typewriter balanced on a stool. Some kind of very old-fashioned looking heavy machinery that looks like it's come from some kind of workshop, green and red. And I think it looks like it's for either polishing or sanding. It's got a selection of discs attached to it. Uh, looks really heavy. That's just dumped out on the street as well, if anyone's interested in buying that. Um, there's some old, very, very old style uh, irons for ironing clothes, except they're not electric. They are, just, they are just made of iron, the kinds that you would have put in the fire to heat up before using. So I'm now in a very well-known part of the Rastro market. It's in a, a small square called General Baradere. And this is uh, traditionally the area where they sell clothes. So nearly every stall in the centre of the square here, they're selling suits, jackets. There's a nice tweed jacket there, says it's made from wool for 20 euros. Uh, we've got uh, anoraks, uh, thick jackets, winter coats for 15 euros. You've got uh, jeans uh, for 6 euros. Uh, this next stall along has got uh, lots of denim uh, big signs saying that all of their denim is Levi Levi Strauss denim uh, starting from 5 euros uh, for a pair of jeans pretty good value and people quite often ask, you know, can you haggle? Can you haggle over prices? It depends on the stall and it depends on the time of day. I think if you come very late when they're closing down and they're wanting to uh, get rid of uh, a lot of their stock before... Guys, you can hear talking now, is selling back lumbar support braces um, for people with bad backs. Got a lot of uh, perfumes, aftershaves. I think they're like uh, imitation aftershaves and perfumes, imitations of uh, famous brands. But can you haggle with the stall holders? I think it depends on the stalls. Some of them uh, won't let you. Uh, things like clothes, especially second-hand clothes, second-hand bric-a-brac, things like that. Uh, I know my fiance Karina haggled over the price of a, a ring, some jewellery she'd seen, and the guy was prepared to. Uh, I don't know, drop the price by a few euros. Um, so it completely depends. So yes, you can haggle. It's always worth asking if you want to regatear, which is uh, the verb to haggle. Uh, they will quickly make it obvious whether they're interested in uh, haggling with you and doing you a special deal or not. Stall I'm just walking past now sells everything to do with smoking. It's got little shisha pipes, incense, 
um, hundreds and hundreds of packets of um, cigarette rolling papers. The next stall has got loads of leather belts hanging up. I'm just noticing now because of the time of day, it's coming up to the Spanish lunchtime, uh, getting up to three o'clock. You will notice if you come to the Rastro market, um, and it's a really nice way to spend a day. It's a bit chilly today. It's a bit cold for walking around too much, to be honest, I guess. It's a lovely thing to do in the spring um, or the autumn when it's not too, uh, the temperature's not too extreme. It's pretty, uh, pretty gruelling thing to do in the height of summer when it's 40 degrees. You wouldn't really want to be walking around because it does get really busy and you, you'll find you can't move very quickly at all. You're just caught up in a sea of people. As I was saying, the great thing about the Rastro market is you can come and do some shopping for a couple of hours or just wander around because there's so much to look at and so much to see. It's got a really nice, lively atmosphere as well. But what people tend to do afterwards when things start closing down at about three o'clock is they go, for, uh, they go for tapas or they go for lunch. And all of this area is packed with bars and little cafes. And uh, they, get, they really start filling up quickly after about two o'clock. And it's a really great thing to do. It's really lively. It's sort of a bit of a, bit of a Sunday session for some people that are drinking uh, uh, beer, canyas, bermuth. The classic thing to do on a Sunday afternoon uh, is go and uh, have some tapas and have your beer after you've been uh, seeing the sights of El Rastro. One of the things that really strikes me about some of the stalls uh, in the Rastro market is that uh, <laughs> they're very niche, some of them. Some stalls will only sell one, one specific uh, item. And some of them, okay, fair enough, if it's, uh, you know, sunglasses, as I'm just looking at now. But some of them are really, really, really specific. There's one stall... It just sells elastic bands, rubber bands of all different sizes and colors. A huge variety of rubber bands. So that sound you just heard of like a metal ringing sound, classic, uh, classic sound in Madrid. It's the sound of uh, a street seller who is selling these wafers, sweet wafers. Some of them are flavoured with chocolate, some of them are with uh, cinnamon, and they're called barquillos. And he's got a little wicker basket set up here that says barquillos artesanos típicos de Madrid, uh, sold by the packet. It doesn't have a price on. Uh, and he's got a little photo of him, the same guy who's dressed in the chulapo style. Now, if you go way back to one of the, my earlier episodes about the famous Madrid feria, El Feria de San Isidro, which is Madrid's... Uh, San Isidro is Madrid's patron saint. Every year, in about early May, end of April, they have the big Madrid feria. They dress in grey... Everyone dresses up in grey caps and black and white uh, attire. And this guy is dressed in the same way, and it's called chulapo which is the traditional dress for the ferrier in Madrid. So there he is, dressed in chilapo, selling his wafers, and he's got a little photo of himself in his workshop or in his kitchen, actually making the sweet wafers. I am now really in the sort of epicentre of uh, the Rastro market. It's called Plaza de Cascorro, uh, which is very close to La Latina Metro, if you're ever coming to visit. 
Um, it's, a, it's a large square. This is really where the market starts, I would say. It's where most people arrive. And then you head down the hill towards um, La Ronda de Toledo or Puerta de Toledo. And this street that leads you down the hill is the kind of one really the main street of the market i suppose and it's called la ribera de curtidores Got a bit of live music here. Um, the band is called Jingle Django, uh, selling their CDs, performing live. Got a guy on guitars, tuba, clarinet, and a harcordian. So let's look at a little bit of the history of El Rastro Market. So it's believed El Rastro really came into existence around 1740 when it first occupied the pavements uh, of the street, the Ribera de Cutidores. Back then, they set up kind of semi-clandestine kind of souks, really, uh, selling second-hand objects. So why did people decide to set up stalls in the Ribera de Curtidores. Well, it all started with uh, King Felipe II, King Philip II, when he established his uh, royal court in Madrid uh, back in 1561. Around that time in the 16th century, uh, many of Madrid's main streets and squares became really overrun with uh, outdoor uh, public markets selling second-hand clothes and other second-hand items. Plaza Mayor, for example, Puerta del Sol, uh, were two of the most uh, uh, well-known places where these uh, markets were set up. These markets proliferated uh, to such an extent that by uh, 1599, they were banned, they were prohibited uh, by the king. And so gradually they began to move outside of the center of the city. They gravitated towards uh, where the market is held today in the La Latina neighborhood. Why this neighbourhood? Well, uh, Lavapiés certainly uh, at the time was one of the most uh, industrial parts of the city and also one of the most heavily populated parts of the city as well. Also, the Lavapiés and La Latina neighbourhoods uh, were relatively close to many of the city's slaughterhouses or mataderos. Uh, in fact, today the Madrid's matadero uh, still exists uh, down uh, heading south of the city. Uh, a kilometre or so from Lavapiés, uh, El Matadero is still there. It's not a slaughterhouse anymore, it's been turned into an arts centre and cultural centre. But at this time there were numerous slaughterhouses in the south of the city, very close to the Manzanares River. So there was a lot of industry going on uh, in these neighbourhoods at the time and this is possibly one reason why this attracted people to set up their markets. And in an interesting twist in history, uh, the proximity of the uh, slaughterhouses, the mataderos, uh, led to the growth of the leather processing trade and the manufacture and craft and making of leather goods, such as bags and shoes, 
and belts. You heard me talking about the street called Ribera de Gutidores. Well, Gutidores means tanners. The process of tanning hide or animal skin to preserve it. Ribera de los Gutidores is really the, the bank or the riverside of the leather tanners. This industry of uh, producing uh, leather goods started growing in this neighborhood and gradually attracted more and more craftsmen who were connected with the uh, leather trade or used leather to make their goods. So we have you know, shoemakers, uh, tanners, uh, dressmakers and tailors. All of these kinds of trades became attracted to the area from really the, uh, the presence of slaughterhouses. This is where it's argued uh, that the name El Rastro comes from. What does El Rastro mean? El Rastro in Spanish can mean traces, as in traces of blood, or a trail of blood, perhaps. Because the animals, uh, once they had been slaughtered, were dragged up the hill, what is now La Ribera de Cutidores, uh, where they were handed over to the various traders to be, well, I guess, cut up and used for various, uh, various things, but where the hides or the skins were, were removed uh, so that the cutidores or the tanners could start processing the skin to turn it into leather. So this idea of arastros or traces or trails of blood is uh, what gives the name to the market, which still has the same name today, El Arastro, because uh, slaughtered animals down the hill by the river uh, were slaughtered in the mataderos or the slaughterhouses down there and dragged up the hill to the uh, craftsmen and tanners and of course when they were dragged up the hill blood would drop from the animal onto the onto the street uh, leaving a trail of blood or el rastro indeed the geographer and uh, cartographer Tomas Lopez uh, mentions uh, the movement of animals uh, up to the rastro. Uh, this is dating back to 1757 or 1760. And he indicates the existence of uh, outdoor markets selling meat products, uh, boxes, wooden boxes full of tripe, intestines, sausages, and all sorts of other meat products. As I continue down the hill, uh, a lot more leather stalls now. Now, um, as I mentioned earlier, the Ribera de Curtidores has a very long history connected with the uh, processing and tanning of leather and the, and the production or manufacture of leather goods. Ribera de Curtiadores, part of the rastro, I suppose is a bit more, I don't know, aimed maybe at tourists. For me, the most interesting parts of the market are the little side streets that I was just telling, that I was just walking through with all of the bric-a-brac shops and antiques and second-hand books and these kinds of uh, places. This main street that I'm walking down now, it's a little bit more touristy. You've got a lot of... Uh, mementos and sort of touristy souvenirs things with the spanish flag printed on lots of uh, abanicos the typical spanish fans key rings with i love madrid written on them uh counterfeit <laughs> uh well let me say imitation uh football shirts spanish football shirts uh that kind of thing jewelry uh spanish flags um lots of kind of flamenco style gear, um, scarves, flags, flowers to wear in your hair. It's all, all, all uh, flamenco style, uh, flamenco dresses hanging up. 
Uh, there's a stall selling lots of little wind-up battery, wind-up and battery-operated uh, plastic toys. Uh, more leather bags, belts, handbags in this stall. I'm just walking past now, and the smell of leather is really strong. As you continue down La Ribera de Cotiadores, you also find these uh, mini shopping centres. And they, they're like shopping arcades, I suppose, is how I could describe them. Describe them. They have various levels. And uh, inside, they house uh, dozens and dozens of antique stores. As well, not, well, not stores, antique shops. Um, for example, uh, the one I'm just walking past now I'll see if I can zip inside uh, it's called Nuevas Nuevas Galerias so it's yeah, like a small you walk in through an archway and there is a, a tiled uh, courtyard and then uh, around the courtyard you've got I don't know maybe a dozen uh, antique stalls most of them have got their famous shutters pulled down now because they're closing for lunch and it's uh, well shutters is a bit of a controversial subject after after last uh, last week's con- uh, podcast um, I won't talk about shutters anymore and it's on two levels and you've got uh, more shops on the upper level uh, like a sort of terrace uh, with railings around it um, but at the moment there's only one or two three three antique shops open here it's, as you can probably hear it's a bit quieter we've got one uh, antique shop called Los Modernos, uh, another shop selling, uh, which looked to me to be very fine quality and very expensive looking uh, watches. And the other one that's open, doesn't have a name above the door, is selling kind of um, refurbished antique furniture. Nuevas Galerias, which is number 12 on the Ribera de and just opposite almost on the other side of the street is another almost identical style it's a, it's a sort of I don't know eight nine ten story yellow building yellow tower and it's called uh, Galerias Piquer Galerias Piquer and um, I'm just gonna have another look in there as well actually see what they've got I've never really been in these places very much just in front of Galerias Piquer are various tables laid out piled up high with all sorts of different clothes a mixture of jeans t-shirts jackets leather jackets and each table is uh, according to which table uh, the price is given so everything on one table is five euros everything on another table is two euros and uh, there are people rooting through the uh, clothes uh, looking for a, what would be a really good bargain, I imagine, for two or five euros. Okay, so Galerias Piquer uh, is closed. Um, they have uh, closed the metal gates. Uh, as I say, it's a Sunday, it's lunchtime, everywhere is starting to close down now. But if I look in uh, through the gates, uh, yeah, there are a few people milling around. And it's, it's really, it's really uh, quite, quite, quite pretty, actually. It's a large, again, bigger than the other place. A large courtyard with steps up to various terraces and balconies and different levels. And on each level there are uh, a selection of different antique shops. 
So that's not a real bird you can hear. That's a, a man selling a little wooden whistle which makes uh, bird sounds. So this store with the music is electrical goods, irons, headphones, uh, electric razors. Ladies just inquiring to the price of the headphones. And he said they're eight euros. Uh, uh, what else we've got? Electric weighing scales, kitchen equipment like uh, blenders, frying pans. And uh, just going back to the guy with the bird whistle. They don't sell animals at the Rastro market anymore, which I think, <laughs> personally, I think is a good thing. They used to, apparently. I don't know up until how long ago that there was uh, an area of the Rastro uh, which was famous for selling uh, birds and other pets, I suppose. I don't know exactly what. Just looking at a ceramic stall. Now, the ceramics uh, are quite a common thing, I suppose, uh, that people buy to take home if they're visiting uh, Spanish ceramics. There's ceramic stalls. I'm just looking at really brightly coloured, decorated bowls and uh, plates, uh, cups and dishes, bright yellow, bright orange, bright red, and that beautiful sort of Spanish uh, dark blue background. Uh, there's tiles. Uh, in that kind of typical Spanish, Moorish style. Um, and they're called, well, the tiles are called azulejos. Azulejos. Uh, azul coming from the word azul meaning blue, so like blue-coloured tiles. More music, more CDs, clothes. Yeah, a classic song. I can't remember what it's called. I think it's called Dos Aguas by famous Spanish guitarist Paco de Lucia. They always seem to be playing that song down here in the, uh, in the rastro. What else have we got? Hats and gloves. Should be doing a good trade at this time of year. It's been pretty chilly lately in Madrid. Uh, lots of uh, woolen hats, scarves, leather gloves, all different colours. Some of the stores are now starting to pack up, shut up shop for the week. Again, another really classic sound from the Rastro and indeed from Madrid, really. It's a, uh, an elderly lady uh, sat down and in front of her, she's got like a wooden box uh, on wheels, on a big yellow and red wheel. And she sat down and she's winding a handle around. And as she winds the handle, uh, the music box produces the music. Now, I'm sure there is a, a, this instrument has a, an official name, but it, I, I don't know. It's kind of like a music box with a handle that's wound round. And I think the music inside is sort of like uh, paper with holes pierced in it uh, to produce the sound from metal prongs. So I've just done a loop, really, now of the Rastro area. Lots of streets I haven't had time to visit, but uh, we're uh, moving away now from uh, the Ribera de Corteadores down another side street. Um, again, more bric-a-brac, old vinyl records, plastic dolls, toys, suitcases, shower heads and shower hoses. 
Uh, one of my other favorite places, the old guy here who uh, sells a huge variety of tape, tintas adhesivas, masking tape, black tape, uh, red, yellow, white, green, all sorts of varieties. He's just uh, shutting up shop now. Quite curious. I wonder what made him decide that that was his thing. I'm going to sell tape and tape only. So just walking out into another square now called Plaza del Campillo del Mundo Nuevo. And just on the corner of the square, a classic uh, little everyday bar. People stood outside drinking their, their beer and snacking on uh, little dishes of rice. Uh, looks like it could be some kind of paella. Oh no, it's got, it's got uh, chorizo in it, so it can't be paella. And drinking their beers outside a bar which is called Skinazo beautiful blue and yellow tiled exterior lovely little bar but on the square that i've just walked into now we've got uh, more more kind of like hardware pots and pans uh, huge bags of wine corks metal buckets hammers saws uh, kitchen kitchen gadgets uh, all sorts of things metal flasks knives it's also the square to come to um, they're all packing up now but it's also the square to come to for comics old comics stickers and talking of stickers this is also the square where you come well i don't know i'm going to see if they're there this is the square where many kids come with their with their parents to trade football stickers um i mean i'm not sure where all of you are listening from but i know certainly as a kid growing up in the uk i remember these the collecting of various types of stickers uh, was quite a big thing for me growing up in the 1980s uh, whether they be to do with football or various sports or cartoon characters or anything like that uh, the square i am now is uh, full of wooden benches and it's actually pretty quiet now but i imagine if i'd have been here a few hours ago it would have been much busier with children with their parents and sticker sellers or sticker dealers i don't know what you'd call them swapping and exchanging their stickers for their collection it's also the square to come to for plants uh, if you need some geraniums for your balcony there are geraniums flowers um, and it's a place where they sell pots of fresh herbs uh, all closing up now though uh, people sitting around uh, eating bocadillos and more kind of rice dishes paella of some description and you can hear the sound well and it's also the place to come for and again they've gone now i think they've packed up and gone it's also the square to come to for uh old collectible and second-hand vinyl records uh, as well there are many stalls here selling old vinyl but the square now is uh is filling up with white vans and white trucks uh, as they pack up for the week uh, whether they're moving on to another market during the week or whether that's it until next Sunday I'm not quite sure I should uh, I'd have to ask them I'm just looking at the one of the flower stalls packing up their cactuses and the Christmas uh, flowers the poinsettias uh, the red the red-leafed plants that are very common at Christmas. They're all being stacked into the back of the van and into the back of uh, various cars as well. 
So I'm uh, back on the street where I started this little tour of the Rastro, uh, back on the street where I live. And if we stop and listen, the sound of shutters closing. Um, and it's almost deserted now. There are only a very few people around. Uh, some of the stall holders sweeping up. Uh, quite a lot of uh, litter left around, or bits of cardboard and plastic and paper uh, strewn all over the street. Now the shutter going down. Uh, all of the antique shops are closing up for, for their lunch. And uh, I should think in probably maybe an hour or so, uh, the street will be completely deserted. Um, it's a Sunday and yeah, a lot of people will probably have a little siesta. So um, I imagine in an hour from now, the street will be almost completely deserted and uh, completely quiet. Everyone will be at home or in, in, uh, in a bar uh, having their lunch. And the street cleaners will arrive, uh, which is, uh, which are, they are super efficient, fantastic. And then by this evening, it will be as if uh, the rastro will be as if it had never happened at all until, until next Sunday. Uh, so with that, I will wrap up episode number 24 of the When in Spain show. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to socialize with other fellow When in Spain podcast listeners, uh, there is a When in Spain group you can find on Facebook uh, where you can share any of your thoughts, ideas, feedback, suggestions, photos, uh, anything like that. Uh, head over to the When in Spain page or the and When in Spain group uh, via Facebook. Uh, you can find When in Spain on Instagram if you'd like to see photos of some of the people and places that I talk about. And if you'd like to get in touch directly with me, uh, feel free to fire me off an email at When in Spain number one, When in Spain one at Outlook.com. As always, I value your uh, feedback. Any type of uh, criticism is welcomed, as long as it's constructive, of course. Uh, I said that last uh, episode of uh, When in Spain caused a little bit of a stir, seemed to cause a bit more controversy uh, talking about uh, blinds and shutters than other subjects like bullfighting, um, which I would have thought would have been uh, much more controversial. It's always curious to see what people think of uh, about the things that I talk about, and uh, and I welcome it. So please always do uh, leave comments uh, or get in touch with any feedback about the episodes. So that'll about do it for now. Uh, have a great week wherever you're listening from, and I hope you can tune in again for the next episode of When in Spain. Until then, hasta luego.